Hello and welcome back to another episode of Father and Joe. Um, in our last episode, Father, we discussed about praying and the importance of prayer. And you gave me a little homework assignment off topic about how this is coordinating in my life. And I think to adequately describe this, I think I had to probably give a little bit of a backstory to it and, um, and, and kind of where we're at with everything. So one of the things in the other half of my life, other than doing this podcast, is that I run a job where it is completely commission-based, which means that when I get a sale, life is good financially, and when there's some dry spells, it can get a little bit stressful. And I had a, a couple right around Christmas just go, we're out, we're not, we're not completing this sale, and uh, it wasn't very fun to say the least. And it had been kind of wearing on me to the point where uh, later on Teresa had told me that I went into a zombie mode and that's pretty much all that had consumed me. And uh, in retrospect she probably was right. So. <laughs> You know, you're just constantly looking at the phone, waiting for, for the next lead to come up, so far and so forth. All I was doing was calling people and, and basically just slugging along without a better way of putting it. So it was really getting to me. I was really getting stressed out. Um, according to her, I changed colors. So it became hmm. much more pale. Um, pretty much the whole description you gave us during our last podcast, or maybe it was two podcasts ago, I might be mixing this up, about how constantly being connected is a fast track to having a heart attack and exploding as you were saying that I just felt it happening to me so, so <laughs> as as we went through that episode upon prayer upon the core theme of last week basically just being even if you don't know what you're doing just do it more and try it more and eventually you'll get better at it and since that's applied to pretty much every other aspect I've ever done in my life it made sense let's just go for it and, and and that's what I did. And and one of the things I also did was kind of look out just beyond myself for other uh, teachings, if you will. And one of which is is um, is a radio station that plays other people's homilies throughout the country. And I guess this one was anticipation of the upcoming mass, which now to all our listeners is multiple weeks prior to mass, but. It was the one where Jesus essentially says, stop worrying, everybody. You're kind of wasting time, energy, and emotion. Just stop it. And um, that was the gospel actually this preceding Sunday that we just had. And it was listening to this guy who was the bishop of Los Angeles. He's not just some guy. He's the bishop. Um, giving his homily on Thursday of the week leading up to, to the Mass. And it kind of was essentially, what, you know, kind of one of those things that exactly you need to hear at the right time. Because that's really what was driving the the accelerational force of the stress. I think you always have to have some stress if you're in a sales job. But you don't need to have it accelerating as much as I had. And mainly it was this worrying aspect of you know, I can't make people want to buy this. You know, I can show them in. I can you know, make it look pretty. But at the end of the day, they're either going to see the value or they aren't. And I can't make them want to do something. So worrying about it essentially kind of became 
wasted. And so so Thursday I got to listen to that to that, that pre recorded homily and on um I believe it was Friday night, maybe it was Saturday no, it was definitely Friday night. Um we were I was with Teresa and she was giving me the whole spiel about how I've been in zombie mode and all this stuff. And one of the things that we did was I had just found myself kind of saying this as as kind of the week had been going on. The I believe it's the mercy novena where you just say, Jesus, I trust in you like every four seconds. Um, obviously there's a much more detailed prayer to that. And I had just found myself doing that uh, just by myself in my head kind of as I'm focusing, um, you know, Jesus, I trust in you, or Jesus provides one of those two general thoughts were what kept going through the head there. And Teresa Gate, we were just sitting there talking, and she said, basically, you have parts you're really good at. I'm like, yeah, but you have parts you're not good at, so you put them off. In my world, that's literally advertising. I like doing the talking to people when I'm in front of you, you know, having conversations, doing the presentation, the whole nine yards. But actually, advertising, it tends to be one of the things that um, it just is time-consuming. I don't really feel productive, but it's essential. So it's, like, it's just not your personality to sit in front of a computer and do that all day. Do what you're best at and have your partners who are good at that do that. It's like just stick upon what you're good with because that's what you like and that's what you were made to do. And I was like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, t you know, because because earlier on I was praying for just tell me what to do. Going back to the story you had from one of the prior podcasts about the woman who was trying to figure out how to get through her. PhD in chemistry and she was just praying to God you know this just tell me what to do and um, like, you know everyone's heart you know what people want to buy and what they have you know this better than anyone just tell me what you want me to do and and there was just something that when she told me that they just kind of calm like, like that was the answer and, and you never know where you're going to get it from and that was that and then we actually ended up she has that Novena Prairie book Ended up doing the whole novena thereafter, hmm, and that beautiful. was uh, that was kind of how we ended up uh, Friday evening, and then going to mass. We actually went to mass on Saturday because of a fundraiser Saturday night. But uh, it was that homily that was kind of the bookends of it, which was the the, the don't worry. The, it, you know, you, you did the mass over the weekend. I'm sure you know exactly what I'm trying to articulate. Probably better than I. <laughs> but um, but the one where Jesus at the end of the day says. Well, this came for the homily, so so two different priests saying that worrying doesn't make you live longer. Worrying doesn't make you healthier. You know, you can't really change the past. You can prepare for the future, but worrying just for the sake of worrying doesn't make sense. You know, if you know you're going to have a, like, you know, if you're going to the combine, you can do a couple extra reps, try to eat yourself faster, do some squats, make <laughs> your legs stronger. That's preparing. That's not worrying, and there's a big difference there. And, um, you know, I think that that was, was kind of like when, you know, one of those perfect times at perfect spots um, type situations.
and uh, here we are sitting today, the day before Ash Wednesday, as we record this, and um, yeah, it's just funny how how that's a nice little wrap up and and on to the next step. So, so that was my story for for show and tell as far as as as, as since the last cast where we are and and and, and what had happened. Well, it's fantastic, Joe, and I so appreciate you sharing that at several levels. I think that it's extremely valuable for our listeners to hear the way that you applied the podcast, for one thing, mm-hmm. because uh, that's hopefully what they're doing. So that's what we hope for, is that people are not just listening to be entertained and to have it go in one ear and out the other, but how do you put this into effect in your life? And you're given a great example with that. And First of all, seeking prayer. Uh, I love that you referenced what I had said previously. I was actually quoting a, a Benedictine abbot, John Chapman, who said, if you want to pray better, pray more. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said, Joe, that that's the case for everything in your life. If you want to do it better, do it more. Yeah. Apply yourself to it. And and just making that intention, okay, I'm going to do this more. You're seeking to grow in prayer and then what happens when you start seeking to grow in prayer is things like that homily from that was Bishop Barron who is the auxiliary bishop of Los Angeles and he is the creator and promoter producer of Word on Fire which is a fantastic resource for our, for our listeners but because you're seeking you're also more in tune with those kinds of words that show up kind of out of nowhere and so as we seek to pray more as we set out that intention, things start to happen. We start to notice things. We become more sensitive to things. We become more open to, to being taught, to learning, to discovering. And we're better able to hear a word, maybe spoken on the radio, like you heard from Bishop Barron, as you heard, uh, maybe from the, a girlfriend, like you also heard, or from somebody else in your life. It just starts to open us up. And we start to have a resonance. So that's the first thing if we set out to pray and you just gave a great example of that things start to happen it's not systematic like pushing a button on a computer makes a specific thing immediately happen mm-hmm. but things start to happen and we can start to piece together that there is a cause and effect it's just not quite as immediate as it is in some other causes and effects that we're aware of and then the second thing that you said as that also opened you up to a place where you feel uh, stretched and anxious and overwhelmed and and that you're able to just say a simple prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. It's a beautiful prayer. And we say it, you know, 10, 15, 20 times. We actually mean it, you know, two of those times. (laughs) But, But the very fact of saying it 10 or 20 times enables us to say it in a way that we mean it one or two or three times. And then there's something that's really lifted in our hearts when we can pray just that simple prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. And then, again, you start to see how some things fall into place. You get a little insight. Somebody is able to speak a word to you, is able to help you with your business, and some concrete things change, some concrete ideas come, and your life starts to be better. And that's the very subtle way, but very real way, that we grow in prayer, and that prayer becomes not just a a little appendix on our life, but it really wraps into the concerns of daily life. 
And the passage you were referencing, which was the gospel for the this past Sunday, the eighth Sunday in Ordinary Time, from Matthew chapter 6, it's the end of the chapter. It's part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and it's a fantastic passage, worth going back to again and again. Let me just quote a verse or two, since you, you referenced it very nicely, but let me put it back in the, in the words of Jesus. He says, Can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin. And I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? What are we to drink? What are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. It's beautiful words. And we can just see how profoundly practical the Bible is. I mean, mm -hmm. who, who listens to those words or reads those words with attention and doesn't immediately find a dozen places in our lives where we worry too much? I always think of the words of a, a priest friend of mine who said, Worrying is a form of pagan prayer. We have this idea that if we worry, if we keep thinking about these things and we ramp up our anxiety and we, we sort of start to babble on to ourselves essentially about, I got to do this, I got to do that, I need to do this, I need to do that. Really, it's a form of pagan prayer. Mm -hmm. It's still a form of prayer. We don't really have control over anything, just like you said, Joe. I, you know, People are going to like it or they aren't going to like it, but we we sort of chant all these things to ourselves and we ramp up our anxiety but let's make it real prayer Jesus I trust in you and I know you're going to provide for me and I keep handing this over to you if you want it to succeed it'll succeed if you want me to be doing something else and it fails I trust in you for that but I give it to you it's amazing the, the impact that that has on us and the impact that it has on the world around us and the, and the things that we're doing yeah, that and the combination of just keep working seems to be the uh, the kind of two sides of the coin that that, that have always worked, um, you know. Because there are times, and and you know, I'm going back to one of your references before that. Yes, biochemistry is a thing, obviously, but so is prayer. That, but there are times that just things come into my mind that. You know, sometimes it's in negotiations, like this is the number um, that, that's going to be able to work for both sides. Because um, obviously, if, if we can't agree to terms, nothing can ever get done. You know, um, mm -hmm. so that, that that's just simple. You know, you're not kind of, I think we've all had times when we were sitting there at the checkout line and kind of think, yeah, I'll get a candy bar. Well, I'm not paying no two bucks for it. Um, so <laughs> so that, that element of it. And you know, that, that applies to everything. So there are just in times of thoughts have come in my head and kind of just nestled, one of which ultimately led to this podcast being created um, around Thanksgiving about a year ago. And, and I, I guess that that's part of it is some normally whenever I'm trying to think about something, it, it's what are the next steps to be able to make it better? But what I had found lately was just dwelling upon the you know, 
just dwelling for the sake of dwelling, I guess. Worrying is what it was. And I think that, that giving it just a, a direction to, to focus it can just be so powerful. And somewhere along the lines, maybe like a break that had worn out, I just lost my grip of figuring out how to look downfield. And that last podcast on prayer, I think, really really helped out with that because you know there's times that just thoughts just pop in your head and one of the things that I had learned through sales is that if something pops in your head you got to figure out a way to say it now you got to say it in mm. an appropriate context and blah 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 but you know if, if you get a feeling from another person that this is coming out and you know, sometimes it's just as simple as as a reassurance. I go through a lot of people's property the first time. Basically, they're showing me their house, and in general, it falls into one of three categories. Either it's a super neat freak lady who's like really upset that one book is out of place on the coffee table. Um, so that's category one. Then there's the other end of the extreme, which is category two, which is they completely don't care at all pets have run this household it is obvious you can tell from the first second you walk in and neglect to the max and they just they know what it is and they don't care I mean you can they just don't care and then item three is it's the kids within mom's house after mom's passed away and those are really the three main main ways I see a house um because some way some reason the middle never represents itself I don't know what but anyway um, <laughs> So, so that being said, um, you know, you just get these feelings of how to talk to people and and what's real to them, and and, and you know, you know, stuff is as we've gone throughout all of our lives growing up. You can say one thing to one of your friends, but you have to say it differently to another one, and, and all of that. And and I think the ability to to just open yourself up and thinking, you know, how should I I address this and, and all of that. Now, on that question, I get that, that that worrying for the sake of worrying about stuff that had passed, that there's no real value in that. But I do find that there is value in going, objectively, this is what happened. Can we try to dissect why? And I don't think that's worry. I think that's just asking, you know, did I do something wrong you know, to do here and figure out how to do that and in a thoughtful manner to me from from the conversation we had last week kind of is a sense of opening yourself up to prayer and, and asking God you know what did I do wrong when this time comes around next time you know is first off is this what you wanted me to do and to me that's one of the the great questions that I always like to answer to because fundamentally most resources you can come up with again. You can grow a new plant. You can, you know, go get some more water. You can't get more time. So, in a certain sense, you only get to run this moment once. You got to be perfect with it. How do you know if you're using this moment correctly, doing the right thing? Yeah, Joe. I think it's a really important question, and and I think we all have a sense of the difference between worrying, thinking planning, reflecting, there's a, there's a much different sense of how kind of ramped up our anxiety is. Worrying 
is a has a frenetic quality to it that I'm anxiously trying to change the past. I'm anxiously trying to control the future. So that's a very different thing than doing exactly what you recommended, which is very important to look at the past and to ask the question. I think that's a really important part of it is to ask the question, not so much fixating on how bad, what I, what I did, whether it was wrong or how it was wrong or whatever, but how do we move forward? How do I take the next step? How do I allow my, my learning from the past to affect my present? And for example, let's think of when we fail at something. I, uh, so working, working at the radio network for a number of years, it's, uh, there's always lots of opportunities to fail. <laughs> and when I'm live on the air, I'm live on the air. There's no way to take it back. And I've, I've said things, I've done things, hit the wrong button, uh, said the wrong thing. I remember one time it was, I was running the, uh, the automation program and the, the bishop's station ID, the pre-recorded ID was coming on and I accidentally hit the wrong button and I just killed the ID right in the middle. <laughs> and uh, I, sometimes I can recover, you know, just in that sort of miraculous way that I'm able to drag something over fast enough that it would just seem like a little blip in the broadcast, but I looked up and it was gone. There was nothing I could do, and I just went, oh. And then I saw the meter shoot up, and I realized that my microphone was on, so that sigh was also heard by all of the listeners. And there's just nothing I can do in that moment. And uh, so realizing that, I'm now in a place, having failed, I'm embarrassed, and I can start beating myself up for it. I can start worrying about why did I do, why did this happen? I can't, I can't believe I did this. How could I be so dumb? Why can't I hit the right button? I can do all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's worrying. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, I can say, the past is the past. It's done. I can't change it. If it were really that bad, God wouldn't have allowed it. He is actually in control of these things. There's enough levels of randomness that the button could stick or the, you know, the mouse could have been in a different place so I didn't kill the thing to begin with. If it was really that critical, God's in control of that. Mm -hmm. But now what can I do with it? Well, I can be humble about it. I can learn from my mistake that I can be a little bit more careful about where the microphone button is or where the mouse is. Uh, I'm probably not going to be quite as distracted at the top of the hour because that was part of my problem too. I was trying to do too many things at the same time. So I can learn from my mistake and ask the question how to move forward rather than that kind of guilt-ridden, anxiety, shameful, embarrassed, beating myself up, worrying about the past. Very different quality to those two things. And it's a very concrete way that Christian faith helps us because somebody who doesn't believe in Christ can't say reasonably if that weren't meant to be it wouldn't have happened but we can say as Christians God works all things to the good if it were going to wreck his plan of salvation for me or for anybody else then he can prevent it from happening and he certainly prevents lots of my mistakes lots of my mistakes and I trust that if he let this one through yeah that's uh, part of his plan and I can entrust that to him. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things in the world to measure because essentially you can't you can't measure something that didn't happen. <laughs> you know? That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But again, in faith, we can say we have a God. This is very important. I think it's one of the 
single most important principles of Christianity and one of the concrete ways it makes a difference in our lives. We have a God who is all-powerful. He can do anything. And he's all-knowing. So he knows everything, and he knows what to do. And he's all-loving. So everything that he knows to do and he chooses to do is for the greatest good of everyone. And if it's happened, then at some level or another, God doesn't will evil, but he does allow the consequences. Or he thwarts the consequences. He is in control of the consequences of our even our sinful evil actions, let alone our weaknesses and our mistakes. And so mm -hmm. if it has happened, God has already arranged it to be part of the greatest good for everyone. And so we can accept that, embrace that, trust that, and move on with hope and confidence. By, and that's a, a real concrete way that being Christian makes a, a big difference in our lives. It's hard to always trust that. That's where our growth in faith and our growth in, in, uh, in prayer really kick in and, and make a, get some traction in our lives. But that's the ideal that we can strive for in Christianity. Yeah, so whenever we're, we're sitting and, and, and thinking and these ideas come into our head, you know, typically they, at least for me, they, they come to be things to be able to do as far as the next step. And that might mean something different to everyone out there who's listening. So it might be, you know, have conversation with this person about whatever. Like, I really need to figure out what to say or, or, or how to do that. Or I need to just start doing X activity and, you know, I need to start running again or, or, or whatever. I found myself more at peace whenever I was doing 20 push-ups a day or, or, or what have it. And I think that going back to kind of bringing this all together is that that's, that's, that's the spirit talking to us. And, and, and then it's going to articulate mm -hmm. out in our actions. And the actions being the most important part of it, because, and this might be a, an, an episode later, but how do we keep ourselves from falling into one of the other paradoxical traps out there, which goes off of all of the light of what you're saying and, and kind of twisting it, which is saying that, yes, God is in control we got to listen to him and just kind of let him take over. Well, there's still an element of that where we still got to do stuff. And each of us in our own ways are told what that is. You know, we all say I've always liked this as a passion of mine. Well, you can't really truly be given a passion. You, you, you take it from yourself and get in. No other person can still like, force you to like something. You know, that, that's, that comes from within it comes from the spirit talking through so if you have this feeling inside you like I really need to go outside and, and just start building something as, as a passion well maybe you should explore that a little bit so that was one of the thoughts that the having that conversation there came to me was how do we articulate the when's the right time to work when's the right time to sit back and reflect in each of our lives well, it's a great question, and I think we should bring it up in another episode. But just to say a simple thing, as much as that comes up as a theoretical objection, I really haven't met the person who just sits back and lets everything happen. Still mm -hmm. looking for that person. 
our problem, and maybe particularly as Americans, is activism. We're doing way too much, worrying too much, too busy, cranked up to the nth degree. So my problem has not been animating people as much as it's been slowing people down. Damn. However, let me look at this from another perspective and say, because we know that God is in control, mm -hmm. it actually gives us the, the freedom and the, the safety to make mistakes. And I think one of the things that holds us back the most is the fear of failure, the fear of making mistakes. But when we know that God can work all things to the good for those who love him, it gives us the confidence to go forward and even make mistakes. And that frees us from so much stress and anxiety and uh, leads to a lot of joy. We become a little bit more childlike in our desire, in our ability to explore, to play, I think people that don't do anything, a lot of times, now there's psychological problems and other difficulties, but a lot of times people are paralyzed by the fear of making mistakes. The Christian knows it's okay to make mistakes. There's a God who knows how to clean it up. And that's a beautiful way to, to end this podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening, and I'd like to thank you for, uh, for doing what next steps that this conversation has stirred in you, listening to God, and have a great week, everybody.